and welcome <laughs> to the Zap to the Past Christmas Cracker. <laughs> I even looked out the window then, hopefully. <laughs> you did, didn't you? I saw you. I was like, oh, Santa's here. Wow. Oh, it's you. <laughs> He's on all these reindeer. Not on and them. It's always been them. you. <laughs> it's always been me. I've always been that one putting Christmas presents in your stocking, Graham Raddings. Uh, hello. Um, we're, obviously, we're, we're, on a, we're on a break over Christmas and New Year, so we thought just to fill in the space... We'd, uh, yes. we'd, we'd release this. This is our Zap to the Past Christmas Cracker, um, where we talk about all things Christmassy and probably, maybe even Commodore 64 related Christmassy stuff. <laughs> but you know, I would think there's some. There'll be some. We've got <laughs> we've got some. stuff to talk about. We've got probably we've got uh, we've even got some comments from our patrons uh, on have. their memor- on their memories um, of their best Christmases from when they were younger. At least I think they were younger. It's hard to tell with some of them. It could be like last year. Who knows? Um, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we, we don't, don't know. ask their ages. That would be totally inappropriate. These in this day and age, True. in these times. True. <laughs> true, true. Doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Doesn't so yeah. Doesn't so um, uh, if you're listening to this, you're probably listening to this on Christmas Day, unless you're a patron, you listen to the, the pre-Christmas Day. If you listen to it before, hope you have a good Christmas. Yes. If you listen to it on, hope you're having a good Christmas. Having a and thank you for listening on Christmas Day. That is dedication, and I admire that. Well <laughs> I done. I really do. Well yeah, done. Well indeed. Done. Well done. But you know, probably you know, eat some turkey or something. Add Christmas bananas. Unless you're a vegetarian, you. eat fake turkey. Yeah. Turkey. No, it's not. <laughs> Furky and ficking. Ficking. Fi- I don't think anyone with... should be eating ferkin on Christmas Day. I'm not sure what it is, but I don't like it. With f- figs in blankets. Yeah, it's because it's the classic nut roast, isn't it? We've had vegetarians oh. for dinner. Well, we haven't eaten vegetarians by implication. I mean, we've had them round for dinner. We you're do not a meat fish eater. pie. No, fish <laughs> if pie. You've never had a vegetarian. True, true. Fish pie or uh, nut roast. No roast. So, uh, Graham, the first thing I was going to ask you is, um, I'm going to take you all the way back, all the way back to the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the classic Commodore Christmas demos? I remember one of them, and that's because I got it with my Commodore 64, although I'd actually got my Commodore 64 in the summer, so it seemed kind of <laughs> odd to load it in. But it was, well, I think, maybe one of the Australia. first things I loaded off tape, because it was on an official Commodore tape in a weird Commodore blue padded box. That came with the Commodore 64. Which one was it? So it was the one that started with, oh, I'm trying to think, the first, there was a series of demos on it. One was a candle just burning down. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. One was um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, I think, with these kids dancing by a Christmas tree. And it's like, I remember thinking it was quite good at the time. Looking back, they're medium resers, not friendly <laughs> to, the, to the child's Christmas. And then there was, I think it started with Snowfall and that's on the Commodore 64 logo. That's what I'm remembering at the beginning. That was the first thing. So there was that kind of a wind noise, noise filter doing all the work. And then, there was this, it was actually quite a nice effect. The Commodore 64 logo, snow fell and it landed on it and it kind of snowed up and then yeah. all of the various, and then it just went for a sequence of sort of demos. One was a Christmas tree, I think. One was a load of houses with a sleigh over it. One was a candle. I don't know if it was a dancing snowman. I could have imagined that one. Okay. But either way, that was the one I remember. About you? Yeah, I remember. I've just been looking at the 1982 one. Good Lord, I don't remember this one. It's a load of blocky sort of Victorian, not even medium res, it's character, it's character res. Oh gosh! Oh dear! Um, it's it's character graphics like a meat. It's like, but it's quite nice. It's got a little bit of a tune going on and some houses in kind of a forced perspective. It's actually when you, if you squint, it looks all right. But uh, oh, I don't remember this okay. one. But I do remember that one you were on about. I remember seeing yeah. that one. Yeah. I was always curious though, who made them? I know Commodore made them, but who was the person behind them? Do you know? Well, in the Bagnall book, I seem to remember there's a little bit, a little bit about the early Commodore demos and stuff. And I have a feeling they they were made by like the some of the key early dev pioneers of the C64 itself. So it might be oh, really? like the chip. Yeah, because them early demos were the genuine early demos that they took to trade shows and stuff like that. Yeah. So I suspect they're probably made by, you know, some deep, dark Commod- Commodore person. I don't know who that might be. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Maybe we should have done some research and found out. But, you know, I thought you might know because you're the Christmas. demo whiz. Yeah, but you're the demo whiz. You know these things. Well, I could have done that. But, you know, what, that, why would I spoil the, the fun of Christmas? You know, nothing <laughs> says Christmas like searching old Commodore employees on Google. Nothing. <laughs> And that I is like true. Think that's that's the gift that keeps on giving, right? So <laughs> that's the true boots. spirit. True spirit of Christmas. That is. <laughs> that really <laughs> it is. is. It is. I don't even have to wrap that present. You can do that one online. You can. <laughs> Whoa, what, what, I feel all warm and tingly inside. <laughs> I really do. Oh dear. So you've got. Uh, what have you got planned for this session anyway? You've got some. Uh, 
some games you want to talk about. Or, or... Well, there's, there's a couple of games. I've got some virtual presents that you need Ooh. to open. And then what you will do is uh, you have to open them and then I'll tell you what the present is and then you've got to sort of react. So it's like, so, you know, okay. it's a mystery. It's the mystery present. Because when you open presents, you don't know what they are, do you, generally? Unless you've, you don't. You know, unless you've got some kind of pre-knowledge or you're like Darth Vader and you've felt your presence and all that. Crappy joke. But yeah, so there's that. Just a little bit, you know, a little bit of thing. We've got maybe a couple of Christmas crackers to pull. Got a few, you know, just a few things to lead off conversation. Of course, we've got the Patreon soul stuff as well. Mm. A few memories from Christmas. I have memories with you at Christmas. I have memories before you at Christmas. You know, BA, <laughs> before Adrian. <laughs> and then and then post stink. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much Boxing Day was like just eat, <laughs> come out, eat, eat, eat what was left of the Christmas buffet food that we had out and just fart you away till midnight <laughs> and then leave. And then I'm going, it smells cabbage. What's going on? Like, yeah, you know why. Um, but firstly, okay, firstly, it was just a quite random question. And it's just a question that's relevant because um, of a recent trip to Poland that um, a person that I know made and they bought the equivalent of eggnog from Poland, <laughs> which is which is called egg juice, which doesn't sound very nice. That <laughs> doesn't sound nice. That's like albumin in it. <laughs> it's the se- essentially the same thing. It's bright yellow, bright the brightest yellow you've ever seen. Anyway, the question was for me, have you ever had a drink of eggnog or an equivalent and what did you think of it? I don't think I've ever, ever had eggnog. I've never been in a situation where eggnog has been freely available and I've been scared to buy it. Have you ever made eggnog? Well, no, I don't even know what it is. is it, what is it? Is it egg and what's not? I don't know what the nog bit is. The nog bit scares me. It's, it's right. So this is going to surprise you because I have actually done some research into this. Oh, wow. Okay, So eggnog is essentially, by ingredient, watery custard with alcohol in it. All right. Well, is it Advocar or something? Because that's yellow. Yeah, Advocar is essentially the custardy bit with alcohol oh. in it. So Advocar is eggnog, really. But if you were making eggnog on your own, you would essentially go through the same process of making custard. But then you'd infuse it with probably rum or some spiced alcohol or something like that. But that's essentially what eggnog is. It's custard. Just alcoholic, watery custard. Doesn't sound as nice, though. <laughs> when you say, put, uh, <laughs> put that on the tin. <laughs> yeah. Marketing. Al- alcoholic custard, anyone? Alcoholic custard? You're, you're, not, you're not eating your custard. It's a bit thick. Um, but, yeah. but that's what it's it extra watery this year. Now, because in the UK, and you may, you may, may, you may have had to this yourself. The only alcoholic drink my sisters were allowed because I've got two sisters, older sisters. The only thing they were allowed to drink at Christmas, alcoholic-wise, when they were younger, obviously, was snowballs. It's the snowball, the legend oh, of the snowball, which yes. is Advocar okay. and lemonade. So what they were actually drinking was fizzy custard. They don't know that yet, but I'm going to take great pleasure in telling them when I speak to them this Christmas. <laughs> All those years you were having fizzy custard, I enjoyed it because I wasn't allowed to drink it. Because they're like, you, you're not allowed. They used to haunt, taunt me with it. You can't, I didn't want it, but they are, you can't drink the, you know, the eggy, you can't, you're not allowed this snowball. It had a thimble of alcohol in it, probably, you know, you'd have to drink a lot more than they did to get, you know, merry or tipsy. But it was considered a big deal for them at Christmas, the only time they were allowed to have that. So I just wondered if you'd ever mm. encountered eggnog or whether your brother maybe have sat and had a snowball, which he might have done. You know, he was, he was a sophisticated fellow. What, my brother? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. That's one way of describing him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my brother these days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, he very, very well may have done. I don't really remember much about alcohol because I didn't start drinking alcohol till well late. So I didn't really get into it. But uh, my brother was... Uh, he was a he was a tippler. And there was, but my mum my mum and my brother were all more about the Baileys at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, the Baileys is a very Baileys. popular drink. Yeah, they were. They, were, they would always have a, and they would Irish up the drinks. There was a lot of Irishing of drinks going on. <laughs> yeah, isn't it weird? You add whiskey to anything, it becomes Irish. When did that become a rule? I don't know. Ow, but that, that's just, that she would say, what are you doing with that drink? I'm Irish in it. Yeah. What's that mean? Yeah, I'm putting whiskey in my coffee, my Irish coffee. How is that Irish? Whiskey's <laughs> Scottish as well. I suppose it is Irish whiskey as well. But okay. It wasn't, no, it wasn't Irish whiskey. It was uh, whatever whatever came in the cheapest jar <laughs> from Tate's. <laughs> Tate's own brand whiskey, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whiskey. <yeah, biscuit. laughs> <laughs> wasn't quite whiskey, I don't know what it was. But yeah, so no, I've never had eggnog in answer to your question. So uh, I can't tell oh. you any experience of it, but um, maybe this year. I've never, I've, 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 have you ever had mulled wine? I can't stand the stuff and I hope it's erased from time and space. <laughs> It's not going to be. It's been around for many, many, you know, I know. longer than I us. Can't. It's just, yeah. My, my wife likes a glass of mulled wine. And when you, know, when you go to the varying types of do's that sometimes you end up at and um, they have mulled wine and is it mince pies and mulled wine is kind of the thing. I get a very bad Cliff Richardy vibe from having mulled wine, <laughs> and it gives me it gives me the eebie-jeebies. I think you know, mistletoe and wine, you know, and all that. I'm like, nah, count me out, count me out of that. I, I don't like it. 
You're scared of walking away and stepping on a Lego brick and doing the Cliff Richard face. <laughs> just a pain face. I mean, uh, we were at a Christmas market just recently, um, which was actually kind of a more of a food market, really. There was the, the 1,500 foods of Christmas. So there was a few craft things. And a lot. one of those things, one of the stalls had mulled wine there, which was, you know, it's, I guess it's a spiced, warmed wine of a sort. I don't know. It is something of the sort, yeah. I don't know. I was going to say it's hot sangria, but that sounds like a naff 80s dance act. <laughs> 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 Tonight on Kenny Everett, hot sangria. <laughs> Followed by boiling tequila. <laughs> That's the Mexican equivalent. The Mexican non-union equivalent come in. Hey, I've actually got a Mexican Christmas album. I'm going to put a sample of it right here. So yes, I have a Mexican Christmas. It's uh, it's um, from the same guy that made uh, Tijuana Taxi. So it's our friend, the King oh, of Herb. the Trumpet, King yeah, Herb. It's Herb Albert's, yeah, Herb, Herb Albert's Albert. Christmas album, yeah, on ask vinyl, me. Gary, on vinyl. You're not having it, don't ask. <laughs> You're not having it to sell and flog or add to no. your collection, which is, you know, your house is no, no longer made of bricks. No. It's made of vinyl. Well, he's got. He actually glues about. I think it must be about fifty to twenty, maybe thirty records, like vinyl records, together in a stack, and that's what he uses as car tires. It's quite oh, clever, really. Clever. Saves yeah. him a fortune. And then you can also <laughs> put a needle on him and play music wherever he drives. <laughs> Unfortunately, wow. it's four different records at the same time, which is a horrible cacophony. But you know what? It's <laughs> but you can even come in a mile off. Exactly. Well, that, he does that at Christmas only, though. That's so. That's why oh, I mention it. Gary's Christmas gifts. Yeah, and obviously we have to say as well that Gary was part of our Christmas shenanigans back in the day as well. He was. He was. Um, yes. Yeah, key part. Really, we, yeah. all, we all hung around together. So uh, that was always good. Should we have uh, our first of our Christmas stories from our patrons? Yes, I think we should because they're they're a key part of our ingredients for the Christmas cracker. So let's uh, let's see what so. Do tell. So first of all, this is from 2000 DC. Yes. So 2000 DC said, I had been begging my parents for a home computer for a while after seeing the delights of the arcades along the Clyde coast and the games of my older friends in my street. The local Mm. computer shop had an open night in the run-up to Christmas 1989. Tactical. With all the main players set up for trying out main players i gravitated towards the spectrum as it had a light gun that's weird what those two (laughs) things aren't compatible with my my, you can't record on it (laughs) (laughs) i found it amazing that such a thing was possible in the home on christmas morning i was initially disappointed to find that i had a light fantastic c64 pack what that was until my parents explained that they had been talked out of getting me the spectrum by the shop assistant who told them it was a far superior machine and has its own light gun that shop assistant deserves, you know, deserves some applause there. Right. Yeah, well marry him. Marry them, mate. You married them. <laughs> Absolutely. I owe him my eternal gratitude. It still took my parents a couple of weeks to set it up and let me play it, mind you. A couple of weeks? Two weeks? Two weeks to set up the computer? Two, two, two weeks. <laughs> Good Lord. I'm actually feeling two, like, two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> Eddie just lifted his head up and thrown it and turned out it was a bomb. That was weird. <laughs> two weeks? <laughs> two weeks. The first game I played was Batman, the Caped Crusader. No wonder it took two weeks. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't really get to grips with as an eight-year-old. No, I can imagine yeah, not. I can imagine that, yeah, true. And the next was the shoot up construction kit demo, Slap and Tickle. Uh, oh, this God, caused some awkward murmuring from the parents as the name came up. Oh, eight, 80s innuendo. Oh, 80s parents, yeah. yeah. I don't like the look of that. What's it called? Slap Terrible. and Tickle. Oh, Nora. Slap and Tickle. Oh, Nora, you like a bit of Slap and Tickle, don't you? I don't know if Nora. your mum's called Nora's 2018 <laughs> DC, but she's now. <laughs> no, Nora. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> Thankfully, there was nothing untoward in the game. And it's only in the last few years I found out it is a clone of Slap Fight. The lesson of this story is that sometimes the shop assistant does know what they are talking about. Yes, fair play. Um, yeah. And I, I appreciate that vote. As an ex-person that was a shop assistant, many people never trusted my opinions on anything in that shop. So when somebody did take your advice... And they didn't throw the video at you when you came back in. It's always nice, especially <laughs> at Christmas. Especially Absolutely. At Christmas. How many times did you recommend the Milagro Beanfield War? More than I care to ever <laughs> really truly admit. 
I once I did actually get a video thrown at me once for recommending that black and white vampire film with Christopher Walken in called what's it called? I can't remember what it's called now, but it turns out it wasn't quite as exciting as I pitched it. But uh, you know, what can you do? <laughs> it's a bit harsh to throw it at you though. They were very unhappy. Going, I didn't like this, isn't that very good? Thanks. I'm not listening to you again. What did I tell you? Don't anger the vidbots. They're a crazy bunch. They are a they crazy are. bunch. Yeah. That's a quite a nice story though from our friend Mr. DC, isn't it? That's really it's really nice. Good. Nice that it worked out good. Because imagine if he'd have got the alternative reality version as he got that Spectrum. I know. And he was forever going, wow, I were, I were wrong about that saddle. <laughs> <laughs> I were wrong about that saddle. I were wrong about that saddle. <laughs> he would. And also, he wouldn't be part of our Patreon. He wouldn't be listening to his podcast. You know, probably wouldn't be interested in it. There's a different version of him somewhere who's called 10 DC. So, <laughs> 2000, A, 2000 AD. <laughs> or AC. 2000 AC, that's it. It's alternating current. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, ACDC, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. Very good. Very go. good. So that's very good. Thank you very much for that one. Graham, what have you got lined up for us next? So uh, the first thing I want you to do is you've got a Christmas present to your left. Okay, yeah, here it is. So I've you need to open that present. Crinkle, right. your, crinkle your virtual present. Ah, I have it. So in it? there is is a copy of the C64 game Wing Commander. Wing Commander? Yeah, from Mastertronic. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing to use each year? <laughs> hey, it's a rare treat. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks. So would you be happy with that present? Or would you, I mean, in the, back in the day, what would you have done with that? Now, the question is, back in the day, I mean, nowadays we know that game's crap holer. But back in the day, you've just received that from your Auntie Gertrude or your Uncle Benny. What do you do? What do you do? Well, I, th- I mean, I'd try it. I would try it. I'd try it yeah. once. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would go in the drawer. <laughs> oh, that would be it. Were you ever made to load it and like play it right in front of somebody? So they're like, they, want, they wanted to see your no. pleasure face. No, luckily not. No, because I don't think I'd have one. I'd just be like, this is crap. Um, but, um, yeah, no, cause I'd got to the point where I was just, you know, I was just a surly teenager by this point. So, uh, so no, I would, yeah, I would have tried, I would have tried it. I would try anything once. That's true. I'll vouch for that. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, and then it would, like I said, it would have gone in the Sunday best draw. Cause uh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. That's not coming now, out again. On the back of that, since that was such a crap present, here's a question for you then going back in time, back in time with the spooky sound. What was your best Christmas present around the circa 1984? Well, after you got your Commodore 64, let's say, because obviously, was that a Christmas present for you or was that? Somewhere? It wasn't. It wasn't a Christmas present. No, no. No, mine wasn't either. So, what was your post C64 in your life? What was your best Christmas um, present after that? Tangentially related tech wise to obviously the C64, it was the year we got it. I got a 14 inch color portable TV. Yes. Um, the old Ferguson Video Star, <laughs> um, which I'm probably guessing that probably a lot of listeners to this will know exactly the model I'm talking about. Yeah. Big square box, quite heavy for its size, eight buttons down the right hand side, and some yeah. bright, brightness, contrast, volume knobs. <laughs> um, and you, know, you could lift a little, you know, pulled a little flat back to do the tuning on each on each yeah. channel. It had a handle on the roof of mine. Did it have a handle on yours? You could like a, you could push the handle down, but if you press the button to the side, it would lift like there'd be like a lift. I don't handle, think, so I don't could, think mine. Handle, no. Oh yeah, man, had a little attic. Little oh, you had, oh yeah, but you were on the wipers, weren't you? You always got the fancy things. Mine was just a box. <laughs> so it was fancy. It just had a, it was portable. <laughs> that's that's fancy. But I suppose it's a portable telly. It needs a handle. Yeah. Mine was just picking yeah. up underneath. Maybe it did uh, have a handle, and I never noticed. I just wondered I what those say, lines I think, were. I think that's, that's more likely the case. Is that all these years later, it was a handle. It was oh, a handle, and I, and I carried that round underneath. <laughs> I hoid that on my throat. <laughs> Oh, what an idiot. Uh, what a revelation. Right, I'll just quickly net that down. Adrian realises suddenly. <laughs> Absolutely. And I still don't like Spy versus Spy. So, anyway. Um, yeah, so probably that, the TV. Because then, because before then, we I could have access to the main TV yeah. uh, in the living room when nobody Time else share. wanted it. Yeah. yeah, when nobody else wanted it, so I could hook the uh, Commodore 64 up to that. But if I didn't have that, then I was in black and white on a small portable black and white tv that we had and that was no way to enjoy stuff that was no way to enjoy um, video games in black and white so the first game and the first game i played that night because i was giving it at half past two in the morning so we just opened Mm. them before we went to sleep first game i played was black hawk Nice. Which was, uh, yeah, but better sound because the sound was good because obviously you get that classic da, 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 sound music coming out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it had a nice, nice, well, I say it had a nice speaker. It was fine for the time and it was just loud and in colour. Amazing and, at the time, wasn't it? And yeah, it was yeah. ace. Yeah, was. so uh, that, that my best Commodore 64 related thing, I think, was getting that telly because then I was like, oh, play them in colour. It's great. Yeah. 
What about you? This there's a weird thing for you, right? Because I, I got I like you, I didn't get my Commodore sixty four for Christmas, and so and exactly the same, I was given a color TV because I was also exactly the same situation. So we only had one, really one telly in the whole house, and a black and white TV that was subjugated to God knows where. I think it was in my sister's bedroom at the time, and they barely yeah. used it. So I obviously co opted that. And then also, I had a, nobody was really allowed to mess with the TV setup in our house because once it was set up by Radio Rentals or whomever set that up, mess with that at your peril. So, if, you know, because I had to <laughs> unplug the RF cable from the, the, at this point, back of the TV and then plug my Commodore 64 in them to tune it in and all the stuff, you know, that you can't imagine doing these days, but that's not what you had to do. Mm. And doing that and tuning it to one of the rogue channels, you know, channel eight meant popping out this little drawer on the big TV, which like was like a pop-up drawer. It had loads of little tiny dials and it was complicated and it looked mad. No, no. Remember, oh, as soon as that opened, my dad or my mum or anybody who was in the house, what are you doing? Why are you touching that? Don't touch that. Ah. So, uh, so when I got the colour TV, it meant that that was all the thing of the past, you know. So I, I didn't have to plug it into that. I had my own little TV space, and that meant I could do my own private stuff in my own bedroom. In fact, it changed the dynamic of how I really, really sort of uh, interacted with my parents for the rest of the time I lived there. <laughs> yeah, you just lived in your bedroom, same as yeah, me. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah, I did because I didn't I really have a reason. I could watch TV on it. I could plug my own little aerial in and watch TV and stuff if I wanted to. And really, that was the only family thing we did by the time I was at this top, early teens. You know, that was the only thing I really did was watch a bit of TV with them. And after that was, you no, know, I'd get my tea, take it up to my room and I'd just sit and eat up there and watch TV up there, do gaming up there. That was it. I was, I was a ghost shadow figure that appeared periodically and just you know, grunted at them and disappeared. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it was weird. pretty much the same. But yeah. um, it's strange, isn't it? You get, you, get that, uh, you get that bit of freedom to do what you want with the visual medium. And like, it's like today, isn't it? Kids with their phones and tablets, whatever, and they just yeah, they, with their, they disappear with off of them. roadsters. Yeah, their rumble <laughs> yeah, seats. Rumble seats, yeah. I mean, I got... Um, always got told to turn it off which is something that never never i was the only person that ever got told to turn my telly off i mean nobody else did in that house and because i was the only one with a telly so i felt like i had my own bespoke command because you know my mum and dad would be going to bed they'd be locking on the door on a school night or whatever turn that bloody telly off and i so i did like turn the volume down and put stuff at the bottom of the door to block the light from underneath <laughs> and there's bloody things you try and do but i'm thinking you bought me the tv you can't expect me not to use it at 1am to you know to watch channel 4's dirty tv shows or whatever. come on <laughs> Yeah, power hours on, for God's sake. Power hour. Exactly. Three in the morning, like bleary-eyed before GCT is going, oh, this TV was such a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Trans World Sport, no. <laughs> it, it started and it cannot be stopped. <laughs> God damn Trans World Sport. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, that TV was a good good purchase. I mean, good because it just it yeah allowed me to have some freedom to not have to bother, which, you know, Absolutely. was probably... Looking back on it, not the maybe not great because it just became addicted to Commodore 64 for a while. Now, here's a revelation for you, which is weird, right? Mm-hmm. I never received a Commodore 64 game for Christmas, ever. Not once. Not once? Nope, never. Birthdays wow. and other occasions where I'd saved up money and got them myself and things like that. Ne- I never received a C64 game for, as a Christmas present, ever. Not once. Wow. How weird is that? Not even on disc or tape or nothing. Nothing. No, I, don't, I, I don't actually remember getting one either. The only one I remember is I remember Gary got Paradroid, and then I, I and then his, we took it. We, we went into town to get it. He bought it or he got it for Christmas, <laughs> and then I, I took it home and played it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he did in the eighties. Uh, yeah, copied it, played it, took it back to his house, sort of thing. Gave it to his mum, went wrap it up for Christmas. You can't play it to learn. And I had my own pirated copy at my house. Copied, <laughs> I just copied his. <laughs> God, that's that's low. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Sorry, Mr. Braybrook. I was very poor. But you got to say a lot, because I convinced, I said, I'm pretty sure I convinced him to get it, but I can't remember. He'll probably game, tell man. me differently. But I'm pretty sure we came back and I took it home and copied it. I was bugging him to go, let me copy it. Let me. No, it's Christmas present. Let me. <laughs> He'll have no memory of it. He won't remember that, you know, which is because we drugged him massively and erased his mind back in <laughs> about 1985, wasn't it? Was uh, on that note, should we have another story? <laughs> I think we should. Yeah, we, we, we should. Let's not talk about that. Gary, you might, have, you might have total recall style flashbacks. And, <laughs> it might do. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I am a secret agent from Mars. I'm not, God, we shouldn't have implanted that. <laughs> no, it'll go more Jacob's Ladder, if anything. Oh, God, no, we don't need that. Uh, right, from Roger Dodger. 
Roger Dodger said. Good old Roger Dodger. I remember my dad bought a flat pack unit which the computer sat on, along with a small portable TV. Being a small child at the time and too excited to sleep on Christmas Eve, I got out of bed and walked into the room where my dad was assembling the flat pack furniture and proclaimed, He's been! <laughs> who who yes. he is. Don't know. Somehow my dad managed to get me back to bed and not reveal the mega Commodore-shaped present. The computer oh. came with a collection of Commodore first-party games, which included such gems as Depth Charge, Scooper Fruit, and Stellar Wars. <laughs> Hot Ed, Director. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Wait Depth a minute. Charge, Scoop Fruit, Stellar Wars. You remember them. <laughs> They were classic games back in 1982. I they like were. You know. Actually, I just looked at these. Stellar Wars and Depth Charge were actually made by the same person who did Booty and Thunderbirds, oh, okay. that first Thunderbirds game. Okay, I bet they were quite good then. Uh, depth Charge was a good arcade. I remember the arcade Depth Charge. Kevin A. Moutin. Moftin. 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 Whatever his name is. He'd made them. I seem to remember being able to play Stellar Wars as it was joystick only. No, being Ooh. unable, sorry, to play Stellar Wars as it was joystick only. Uh, so we couldn't play that. So you know, we got a Commodore thinking about a joystick. That's that's not... That's, yeah. uh, that's harsh. That's harsh, yeah. <laughs> the following Easter... <laughs> Easter, a quick shot joystick of some form was purchased. That's like four months, three months later. So time moved differently back then. It's like... It did, it did. So yeah, quick shot joystick of some form was purchased. So I could play Stellar Wars along with its questionable IP infringing sprites. Um, I wonder if it was worth three months worth of wait. <laughs> I don't know. I bet it was. No, oh, maybe. No. no. Getting a C64 was the beginning of a wonderful journey into the world of computing. During the machine's lifetime, I played some great and probably quite a few not-so-great games, but the experience to me was always one of thrill and excitement which holds fond memories. You never forget your first computer, and I've not forgotten mine. I still have it along with some questionable budget games with dreadful cover art. And he does, and he's been sharing them with us, and they are dreadful. Look at him. They are indeed dreadful, cranky. They are indeed very dreadful. Thank you for that, Roger. That's lovely. I can't believe yes. it took three, three months to get a joystick. That's crazy. That's, it's two weeks to get one running, three weeks to get... <laughs> I mean, those were the times, though, because I'll tell you what, they weren't... Some some places just didn't have necess- the, the sort of computer shops. And we were looking in Grimsby, because I think we, we obviously had Currys and... not wasn't Currys at the time, was it? What was it called? Dixon's at the time, I think, or whatever it was called. And um, mm. we had Tandy's and play, shops like that. And yeah. we had J&M, which was, was where, you know... Boot, you, boots and stuff like Smith boots and stuff. And stuff like, yeah. So we were pretty well-versed, but some areas, you know, it, they didn't always have the all of the range of joysticks or anything like that, you know. And I was never... I was always suspicious of mail order, so... till a bit later on. But um, mm. yeah, maybe you just didn't have access to the kind of joystick you wanted, which... Did he say you got a quick shot as well? Quick shot joystick of some form. Mm. Either form, don't matter. Because <laughs> yeah. Quick Shot Two with its turbo button—that's the first one we had. Yeah, the Quick Shot Two, yeah. Which Quick Shot Two because it lasted two minutes on any waggle game. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I broke it when I was playing Daily Thompson Decathlon. Everyone did. <laughs> just went, it's not working anymore. What's going on? Yeah. And then I found yeah. out that you could use Control and Two, CTRL exactly. and Two. And then my brother banned me off the computer for a while. <laughs> it had a weak central shaft, so um, never which is, that. Uh, you know, no, no, you know, there's. Doctors that can help you with that. If you, yeah. you know, I don't want to trigger anybody, but you know. Please give generously for joysticks with weak shaft. <laughs> weak central, weak shaft joystick. Weak shaft, Your weak yeah. shafted joystick. So Indeed. That's the insult, that. So aside from tech-related or C64, what was your what was your other best present you got back then? Ooh, that's a good question. Because, uh, well, actually, let me think. So pre, pre because I was, you go through a phase where you sort of, you're into toys as, as a, kind of a young lad mm-hmm. you're into toys for a while so you know i was very into star wars and action man and all the stuff you'd expect you know at that time you know nowadays who knows what people are into but back then that was kind of you know those were the that was were the key things mm-hmm. and then as i sort of got more into computers and stuff like that one year i got a camera which i was quite pleased with I got a bike of course got a bike i got a bike i didn't ask for a bike actually ironically compared to that song but i got a bike and i always got kind of a good collection of bits and bob presents you know this and that um, I remember being particularly pleased with a load of He-Man figures that I got one year because they were Ooh. quite new at the time. That's quite so. I got. I remember getting um, Battle Cat, He-Man, Skeletor, Merman, and Man at Arms. Getting those and thinking because they, they were quite big. You see, they were quite unusual for the, yeah, you know, they were the Star Wars figures. Chunky, no, they were quite, I was quite pleased with them. Later down the line, I'm trying to think as so a sort of a younger teen, what did I get? Because it all kind of goes blurry once alcohol consumption steps in. <laughs> So I genuinely not I'm not sure really what I got. Um, I think later down the line maybe I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I must have got presents, but I can't honestly list. Yeah. So to, the the best presents I got. I tended to get more be- better presents, not better presents, but just 
I remember the ones for birthdays, like my action replay cartridge or my expert cartridge or disc drives. But I remember getting my disc drive. I didn't get that at Christmas. And I don't know why, actually. Was I was my <laughs> year worked out differently or something? I'm not quite sure what's going on. I don't know. Um, best present? Uh, ooh, I don't know, because the, the TV was quite an important one. But then after that, after that, it started becoming deodorants and aftershaves and stuff like that started to step in. Jackets and coats and clothes and things like that started to step into where it used to be toys it used to they all kind of got phased out mm, and yeah. books and things got brought in so i got some really nice books and gifts i remember getting a i might got a joystick on yeah maybe maybe i did yeah. but no other than that just the changeover from team was kind of a saw off big presents i think that's that's the thing i never got big presents really after that kind of lots of smaller ones and then obviously of the old thing here and there but you did you have a big thing after that not after, no, not later on. Um, I was well served with bikes. I always wanted bikes. So I remember uh, the first one I got was a, ra- I got a rally striker. My mum and my brother oh, always striker, yeah, yeah. together. So the silver striker. Um, yeah, yeah. And that, that, was, that. that was ace. Then a couple of years later, I got the grifter. Yeah, with the um, gears. The yeah, rally grifter. Gears, yeah. yeah, that broke after about six months. Yeah. And then I got a BMX. Yeah. Did it have mag wheels? It did not have mag wheels, unfortunately, no. Um, I always wanted them, but it didn't have them. But it was still cool. And then... I think the last big present I got, and I must have been about 15, maybe 16 at this point, was I got a, a racing bike, so a proper, yeah. proper racing bike. So that was, I was always quite well done. That was what I normally got for Christmas was a bike. I got that quite, quite, mm. I was quite a lot of bikes. Um, obviously a TV one year, but my favorite present, my favorite present, it didn't actually, it was supposed to be for Christmas, but my brother being my brother, he bought it in September and was so excited about it. He gave it to me then. Um, okay. <laughs> I was like, right, what's it? It was Dark Tower. The board game. Oh, I remember that. With the, with the computer tower in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was good. Played that. four players. Way before Games Workshop got in on the sort of fantasy board game act, Dark Tower was, I think that must have been, that might have been 84 as well, or 80, yeah. 84, 85. Well, that was brilliant. I used to love that game. It ate batteries for breakfast, um, which was do. the main main problem with it, sort of thing. But while it, when it worked, when you had fully charged batteries in it, it was such a good game, such a clever game. Because the great thing about it was it had a one player mode. One player mode where you could die and fail, um, yeah. and that made as a board game that made it actually a game that you could you didn't need other people for it, so you didn't have your mates around or anything. You could still have a play of it on your own, and that was it was so cool, you know, just working your way around the board, getting the keys and fighting the dragons and going to the bazaar and going to the ruins and tombs. Anyone that hadn't seen it, just Google Dark Tower. It's such a cool thing. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't made an actual comeback um, in some <laughs> format. If it maybe should have, but I think that probably was has. my yeah, probably has. But I think that was probably my favorite that I got um, back then. It was cool, very cool. I used to love that game. Now, there's a weird thing about a Christmas-related item. Were you ever around where there was a Christmas disaster for somebody's present? Now, this isn't a statement of me being kind of, you know, the the, the person that was around when these things happened, but there was a couple (laughs) of occasions that I can tell you that will give you a chuckle. Um, Well, there was one with me. Um, My mum bought me a pair of jeans one year, so I must have been about Mm -hmm. 14. And I don't think these two incidents are related, but I went, oh, cool, thanks, I need some jeans. So I, I put them on. I walked into the living I put basically I just because I had pants on sort of thing and I don't think I was old enough sort of thing. See what now I just pulled them on and she walked back in and just as I finished doing them up, I just threw up. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't know why. I just was just instantly <laughs> sick. So in my head oh my th- those jeans were the cause of me vomiting. <laughs> and I never wore them again. <laughs> I couldn't because psychologically I was like, no, I can't go near them. It's like when I was a kid, I got stung while eating a yogurt by a wasp. So I couldn't eat yogurts again because um I just thought yeah, if I did associate it, I just yeah. did, yeah. So at this point, my mum was quite proud since she bought me some nice pair of jeans. Yeah, I just never wore them. So you're not wearing those <laughs> nice jeans. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> and if she ever wanted to ground you for being naughty, she just put a yogurt and a pair of jeans in front of your door, <laughs> yeah. or your bedroom, and that was it. You were I, I was, pinned I was, in there for weeks. I was. It was horrible. <laughs> horrible. So that was a uh, that was a bit of a Christmas dis- uh, present disaster, I suppose. What mm. about you? Well, see, I've never really had the disasters as such. I was a present when disasters happened on two occasions, which will give you, maybe give you a chuckle. So the first one was my next door neighbour. Now he was a little bit younger than me, and his he it was two of them. There was there was a young kid and his sister. They were a little bit younger than us, but he was he, used, he was a bit of a one of those kids, younger kids that's a bit of a braggart, you know. So he was always bragging about stuff and mm-hmm. everything else. A bit of annoying. I mean, he just sort of let it go, but he was kind of doing that all the time. Anyway, he'd got this radio controlled car for Christmas, and he was you know zipping it about. And he was sort of doing it around, and he had a, they had a much smaller driveway than we did when we lived at um, Wybers. Actually, when we lived in the Wybers estate, we had quite a long drive, so not like a you know country park long, just longer than your normal drive. So I said to him, "Why don't you come and <laughs> wish your car from down the drive here?" It's like, oh, "Okay, no. I'll do that." So he comes around, zips it up and down, up and down. Anyway, we lived on a busy main road, <laughs> oh, and on Christmas Day, he, he was using his car, and 
this car just went unusually fast. It just kind of zipped, you know. They do those, don't they? Those radio control cars. It went zip. Mm-hmm. And it shot off up the drive. Now, we had a slightly elevated drive. So <laughs> his radio control car. <laughs> he did, yes, he did. Shot out the drive, sort of frisbeed across into the main road, which was a dual carriageway, and then immediately got crushed by a car <laughs> that was going past on Christmas Day. <laughs> oh, no. So he just went, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I mean, I didn't laugh at the time because it was, you know, it's quite sad for him. That was his like big present. It just got completely smashed to pieces. This guy got out of his car. He was quite angry as well. <laughs> what are you doing? And it's, it's just, it was, the whole thing was a bad scene. That was, so there's, there was that. And then if we go back to, <laughs> to years before that, when we lived in Cleethorpes, my friend at the time, a guy called Dave and David, came around on Chris Boxing Day. I think it was Boxing Day anyway. And he'd brought his new action man that he got. And this action man that he had, <laughs> Was one that you threw up in the air and it had like a parachute, and the parachute would like slowly yeah, yeah, lower yeah, it I remember to the ground. One. Yeah, well, I had yeah. that one. Yeah, I suggested to him that it would be much better if we batted it up in the air with like a tennis racket because it would like go higher, like fling it, which we did. And this thing went really high in the air. The parachute deployed brilliantly, and then we watched it just slowly descend <laughs> into the next door neighbor's garden where it got savaged by the dog. <laughs> <laughs> the dog just killed this action man. So when we got around to get it, by the time we'd got there, and by the time the owner had wrestled the action man, his head was all mangled. <laughs> and he, his eagle eyes had stopped working. He, he said, and he'd lost a hand. <laughs> God, he'd been, he'd been through the ringer. That was his best action man, like his brand new one as well. He was properly, absolutely distraught. And I think, if I remember rightly, um, I think my mum um, bought him a replacement as well for that. Oh, that's nice of um, her. I, I, got, I remember I got into loads of trouble for that because I encouraged him to bat it with a table tennis bat, which well, was... You did. Well, yeah, I did. I, but I didn't mean it to, you know, I didn't think that... I kept saying, I didn't think it would parachute into the neighbour's garden. You know, he was like a it's kid. I didn't ac- think that would it's happen. It's an action man. It's on an infiltration mission. <laughs> Exactly, but my mum's complaint was that I'd also had this habit of going into the back garden, batting marbles around the estate for just for giggles, and so she knew that I was kind of a you know a tennis racket dangerous. I used to get I used to get stones and pebbles and just bat them off over the rooftops just to see what happened. What did <laughs> you so think was going to happen? Well, I, I kind of knew, but you know, but at the same time, she just saw this it was a, it was a, a painful extension of that crazy. So in the end, I, I was banned from. Being, Tennis rackets at all. I wasn't allowed to have tennis rackets. So it's put me off tennis for a long time. Well, I don't really play tennis now. It's because every time I go on a tennis court, I bat the ball next door to someone's house. <laughs> I'll see where it goes. Anyway, so those are the two Christmas disasters that genuinely happened. So David, wherever you may be, you might be listening to this podcast. I am genuinely sorry for what happened, but I didn't know it was going to happen. I didn't know to this day. He, was, he, he stopped being friends with me for ages for that. <laughs> the last thing we wanted to happen. In fact, in fact I think the, less, the next time I saw him actually was he came round to my birthday party because I invited him. That's how long it took him to get over the anger of that. That's <laughs> up there with, I mean, I, my, I've had my own Christmas disaster, I suppose, the only one I can think of is I thought it'd be a good idea to put um, a Star Wars figure next to a really bright light and it just more, it sort of melted my attack commander into like a, almost a U shape. I was very upset about that. Oh no. Um, so, so I, I had to make out that he was kind of, you know, he'd been in battle. Oh no. <laughs> Some weird battle where he'd got warped. <laughs> yeah. Well, similar to, similar to that. Not, it didn't happen at Christmas, but was a Christmas present was uh, never leave a stretch Armstrong in front of an electric fire. Oh no. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't recover from that. I tell you. <laughs> Was it yours as well? Yeah, it was mine. Oh god, it was my stretch Armstrong. We used to love. I used to love my stretch Armstrong. We used to, you know, one of those yeah. stupid things where you would stretch it the length of the house and then watch it just slowly yeah. mold itself back together. Yeah. Then I just put it down one day. And I think my mum turned the fire on and I came back and it it, it slightly gone wrong on one side. Yeah, <laughs> and he won't coming back. Never the same. They're no. never the same, are they? Especially you puncture and they've got all that weird gloop in them as well. Yeah, it's, it's never a good thing. No, but yeah, never leave them in front of there. Anyway, let's have <laughs> let's have another story. This is from Dr. Goggles. And Dr. Goggles says, like many C64 owners, I got my machine for a Christmas present. We didn't. Don't know what you're on about. I didn't. We didn't, no. (laughs) No. You're 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 not in company here. Yeah, statistically, you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. In 1983, I received a a ZX Spectrum 16K, which although I loved, and such games as Jetpack and Manic Miner, it was only 16K, which limited Mm. things. Yeah. Sometime in 1984... 
uh, at a guess, I played a Commodore 64 at a friend's house. The first game I played was Jeff Minter's Hover Bobber, and I never wanted a C64 again. No, 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 I'm being cruel. <laughs> I decided that I needed a Commodore 64. It will be mine. I had never wanted anything so much in my life before. I bothered my parents for months before Christmas. I'd sell my Spectrum to help pay for it. It could be a joint Christmas and birthday present. It could be my only present. I would wash up forever to get it. Finally, I persuaded my younger sister she wanted it as a joint present. That's sly. Of course, she barely (laughs) played it, but she was too young to protest. It didn't matter. On Christmas Day 1985, I received my C64. Bread bin variety, though I didn't hear that term until decades later. It was a box set, I think from Boots, which came with Music Maker and Keyboard, Designer's Pencil Art Package, and Adrian Mole Game and Book. And I'm just going to stop there. That's probably the most single, most boring collection of stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it was probably ace to you, but that's really dull. <laughs> oh, look, you can put this keyboard over it. You can design pencil art, and you can play the Adrian Mole game. Oh, <laughs> God, Where's the game? game? That keyboard overlay thing was pretty pretty naff, actually. I don't yeah, know, I, I bet you went back to Jetpack, didn't you? It, unless you didn't. It was a box, yeah. I believe I got... Oh, but, but there's a silver lining. Um, I got They sold a million and winter games at the same time. Ah, Thank the Lord. So go. I played a lot of those games, especially Staff of Carnath. You didn't mention that. Beachhead and Jet Set <laughs> Willy. Okay, so you got those as well. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. So that's all right. Yeah, because you're never going to touch Music Maker, Designer's Pencil Art by the Radio Mole game. You're just not. You're going to no. go, oh, uh, thanks. They're going to draw. Is that like the most boring thing ever? The Designer's Pencil sounds like the most, bo- sounds like the worst pub you'd ever go to. <laughs> Yeah, where are we going for a pint tonight? The design. Oh, not there. They make not you the draw your own. Pencil. Make you draw your own glass. <laughs> and I can't draw. <laughs> the beer keeps slipping out. Uh, my six sixty four cost my parents two hundred ninety nine pound at that time, which equates to nearly wow. nine hundred pound in today's money. Yeah. It's a lot of wonga there. Which is a huge amount for my parents they weren't wealthy, so I'm forever grateful to them for making Christmas 85 magical. And getting close to 40 years later, I still love this machine. There you go. Yes. That's yes. nice. There you go. Tricky, that. Tricky complex. Anyway, you got to another present to open. Oh, so, another one. Uh, okay, let's have yes, a look. Yeah, get, open your presents. You get this one. Where is it? Oh, there it is. Hang on. Let me grab it. Oh, sorry. All right. What's in this one? In this one, you have a tape-to-tape backup device and Ooh. a Walkman. <laughs> Lovely. Well, backup board. That's it. Yeah, backup backup board and a Walkman because the person that wrapped them thought they were connected. <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, that's Auntie Margaret then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so what do you make of those two things? Well, I, 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 to be fair, I'm pleased with both of them. They're both cool things. Um, who made the Walkman? Akai. Ah, oh, <laughs> Akai. <laughs> <laughs> it was Tandy's own brand. <laughs> Ronco. Absolutely. It pays types. Do you mean tapes? No, types. <laughs> types. You can only get them from certain retailers. Absolutely. You can you can only record them once and well, backwards. I'll tell you this. It's so the Walkman stuff, I'll describe it to you because obviously you've you know you've it's, you need to know it's a virtual Christmas present, remember. Uh-huh. Um, so it's silver. It has a it doesn't have a proper eject button, it has a lift up flap, and you press the eject button and the tape pops out. It has a stop eject button, a forward wind button, and a play button. Yeah. And that's it. And it also has a carry strap. Ooh, lovely. <laughs> you can't put it on your belt. You can have it slung over your shoulder. <laughs> oh, that's going to be great. That tapes are going to be... <laughs> and the headphone cable is a bit weak, and the headphone cups are bright orange. Of course they sponge. are. The best kind. <laughs> so there you go. And the first tape you Thank play you. in it would be... What year are we talking? Give me a year. 1985. <laughs> Ooh, 1985, probably... Marillion. <laughs> Marillion, Fish, Fish's Greatest Hits. <laughs> Keep Net. <laughs> Anglers to Paradise. Yes. Don't um, eat the maggot, yeah. <laughs> um, probably, was uh, Hysteria out? Maybe Hysteria. Uh, well, well, we'll say it was. Because we'll that, say it was. That It'd be either Hysteria or Thriller or, or Whitney yeah. Houston's first album, something like that. Okay, okay. Um, or, what an odd combination, but okay. Well, I was into weird music by the 1985. Maybe I don't, around that period, let's just say that period, also probably the one that was in quite heavy rotation was uh, The Invisible. Is it Invisible Touch by Genesis? Yes, that was yeah. that. Be a circa that, that time-ish. That, that yeah. album, yeah. So all that, some of them. That would be what I'd listen to. Yeah. And the backup board? Well, the backup board, I'd be borrowing Gary's tape deck to copy loads of stuff. <laughs> Which is what I did. I seem to remember. The legend of the data set is true. Yeah. I, I got a backup board. I sent off one. It was two weeks paper money because they were £10. And I, I sent off for the oh, mail yeah. order mail order backup board. Paid for that. Sent it off. Got a postal order, as you had to then back nice. then from the post office. So I got postal order and sent it through. And then about a week later, it turned up. And, um, Fantastico. Absolutely. So there's a question for you, actually, because I never owned a backup board. I went, I went the way of the cartridge. Mm-hmm. So did it have 
proprietary software, or did he just press play one and record on the other, and it's just we just sort of put the data through, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah. You just plugged it. It was just it was essentially it was a splitter. So it came out. Yeah. It came out your cassette tape connector, and then just had a splitter and two two tape inputs connected to it. Like. Yeah, two nice. tapes. So you plugged one in one and one in the other. I think one might have been play, one was record, and so you just pressed play and play and record on the other. And so you loaded the game in, and as it loaded in, it just copied it to a tape. It wasn't ter- didn't turbo, but it copied everything that went across. So you just had a pristine yeah, yeah. copy of the of that rec- of that game. So yeah, yeah, that's how and it worked. Then the the requirement for blank cassettes entered your life. Oh. Oh, it did. So yes. with both the Walkman and the uh, backup board, you started to need the C60s or your C90s if you were feeling C- kind of C90s fruity. were always preferable, yeah. BASF or Scotch probably were my thing. Yeah. Those yellow ones. TDK. Those yellow, the TDK. What were the yellow ones? The Maxel. yellow cases. Maxells, yeah. All those. Yeah. Every now and again, maybe you might try a budget label, but you'd never go back. Yeah. No. The brown of the tape, the worse it was. I seem yeah, to remember. Gary, no, Gary knew that all too well. He had the brownest <laughs> tapes. Really, so brown. King of the brown tape. King of the brown tape. Um, it's what we we actually labelled him one Christmas and we wrapped him in tape and pranced him around the village for all to see. <laughs> no, so, I mean, I was, every now and again, you'd, you know, you'd posh it up, wouldn't you? Get yourself, you know, three pack of chromes, like, like it made any difference to your crappy recording system. And like, <laughs> they didn't know what to do with you. You put them in any ordinary tape player, didn't have a chrome set in it, and it would just be like, what? I'm not recording any better quality than I'm capable of, no matter <laughs> yeah, what absolutely. chrome you put on it. They just last longer, actually. They last forever, those bloody things. So. Yeah. But no, I'm happy with those presents. Thank you very much. That's good. They'd get, no, they'd, that's good, yes. They would get good use. Not Wing Commander, though. That would get little use. So, yes. Um, you did well in the second one. Do you have another story? Yes, story's good. Okay, well, this is quite a long one. This is AL82 Retro. This is the last one we got in, but yes. um, let's go for this. For this special Retro. episode of Zap to the Past, I wanted to share with listeners my own quintessential Christmas memory, a moment in time so special, not to mention transformative, that I've never forgotten it. To use a slightly schmaltzy metaphor, the Christmas of 91 would be the shining star to adorn the apex of my childhood festive tree. Ooh. Mm. Wow. Many families have their own festive routines and traditions that lend a personal touch to Christmas. In my case, the first order of the day, even before getting dressed, was to open my stocking fillers, smaller presents designed to fit inside the traditional Christmas stocking. This mm. year, however, there was to be an unexpected twist. Okay. Upon removing the paper from a decoratively wrapped parcel, I was greeted by a flat cardboard box for what, after a few moments of puzzlement, I discovered to be a computer game. The reason for my confusion was twofold. The box lacked any reference to Commodore 64, and the size and shape of the box was clearly incapable of storing a cassette tape. Instead, the box was adorned with a blue sticker emblazoned with CBM Amiga. I pointed out to my mum the game was for the wrong computer. Feigning surprise, Mm. she apologised. She must have picked up the wrong box my mistake and we would exchange it later. Both still amazed that this now somewhat obvious ruse failed to arouse suspicion. Following various ablutions and mundane morning-related activities, the family would gather in the living room to unwrap presents left under the tree. My exact memory from this point on is somewhat hazy, probably because the sense of euphoria and elation that was to follow would have left me dumbstruck, incapable of anything for the next hour or so. In any case, I would have proceeded to unwrap an exceptionally large box with a gift tag indicating I was the intended recipient, a spray of multicoloured confetti particles fountain in the air as I attempted, rather frantically, to get to what I was inside. As the last vestiges of festive wrap fell away, I was to discover a package containing a machine I have no hesitation in describing as the greatest computer of all time. And so it came mm-hmm. to pass that 91, the year I received my Commodore Amiga 500 Plus with the Cartoon oh, Classics yes. pack, would forever remain the ultimate Christmas. The Amiga was a truly transformative machine on so many levels. Graphic sound, not to mention the speed and relative simplicity of loading games from floppy disks. No need for backup boards here. It would obviate the need to worry about azimuths and tape head alignment ever again. Inclusion of a couple of caddies stuffed with disks adorned with handwritten labels a regular sight in most Amiga owners' collections. Only added True. to the magic that morning. A slew of new and fantastical gaming experience were discovered that day, including the thrills and spills of Lotus Turbo Challenge 2 and the booming explosions of Swiv. The fact that my parents practically bankrupted themselves to put this the Amiga and more besides under the tree is a testament to what wonderful and generous human beings they are. On reflection, yes. not only did I have the best Christmas ever, I was lucky enough to have the best mum and dad ever, something that no Christmas gift could ever hope to match. Yes, in all fairness, 
them, your parents, I mean, it's, you know, parent, significant people in your life. Amazing what, what things they do to make Christmas a special occasion. I mean, and I practice that myself for my own family. I know you do as well, AD. Mm. So it's just, you know, and so just to echo that that's is a really nice thought. And, uh, you know, it's easy to look back and all these, we joke about Christmas and things like that. But at the same time, all of our parents, significant others, guardians, whatever we might call them, they all, they all stepped up at Christmas to make sure that, you know, you got something at least mm. and that you had, you know, you had a good time. The worst case scenario, you might have got, you know, a few smaller things, but you'd have always had a nice Christmas dinner. You'd always had something. So I, I can't think of a Christmas where we didn't have a really good dinner and really good stuff and really good. And I was in quite a big family. You had your brother. It makes mm. a special occasion like that. And to top it off with an Amiga, my gosh, wow. wow. Mm, I, mean, yeah. weirdly, I didn't get my Amiga. When I got mine, I didn't get mine for Christmas either. What's going on? <laughs> did you believe, did your family believe in Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Whether we just got the dates wrong or something. <laughs> Happy October 17th. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's, now there's, there is a tangible truth to all this because back when I was, uh, now we're going back to when I was three or four, so obviously very, quite a long time ago. My dad was, I've said many times, but said my dad was in the, in the Navy at the time. And at the certain, for a certain period of the, that particular year, so we're going back to 1977, 78, and we were at sea with him. The whole family went to sea with him for months. Um, and that was over Christmas. So we were in the, off the coast of Af- Africa, I think, or somewhere around there. Might, might have even been um, Japan. But anyway, we was, we're not in, certainly not in the UK. <laughs> There's quite a difference between those two locations. Where are we? We're either just off the coast of Africa or Japan. I was What's three or four your compass? <laughs> I was three or four years old, for goodness sake. What map sake. are you know. reading from? The Mercator map. <laughs> Either way, we, we weren't we weren't near the UK. So, and obviously, we could have we didn't have Christmas on when we were on the ship as such. So, so we were away. So when we got back, which was I think in June, July, that's when we we came back, and my mum had already flown back prior to that a bit earlier. Got a load of Christmas presents, wrapped them up, put them all in the lounge. So when we came back, we sort of had Christmas when we got back. Mm-hmm. So they still, she even still did that, which is kind of incredible, really. Yeah. And that was, I believe, the Christmas where I might have got, if it was 78, 79, I think I remember getting a Star Wars figure, the first one. I remember getting a Greedo, but that could have been 79. I can't, honestly, because we're going back a long time now. But anyway, yeah. just to, so maybe that's why we, our, our calendar was offset. We were either, <laughs> na- we were ga- navigationally lost somewhere, but <laughs> certainly not in the UK. Damn. My dad was never in charge of the uh, navigation of the ship, you'd be pleased to know. We would have never found our way home if it was. So. Where are we? Japan, Africa, maybe Brazil. I'm not sure. <laughs> You've got to learn to look at the, you know, listen to the language. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, dear. That's, uh, yeah. Who's, who's steering us? <gasps> not Raddings. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Which one? <laughs> in all fairness, we did have to turn the ship around once. We were on a ship called the Stirling Bridge. You can check all these facts out. It was a real, real ship. Massive, 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 like seaborne tank, tanker carrier. It was the biggest in the world at one ship in the world at one point. We were on that. And my sister decided to hide because she thought they were fishing over the side of the ship at one point. She thought it was cruel. So she hid on the ship and just hid. So when they were calling out for her, she refused to answer. After two hours of doing that, they called her. She thought she'd gone overboard. So they stopped the ship and started to, to turn the ship around of that size takes two and a half days. That's how big the ship was. <sighs> yeah, I can imagine. So they started, to tur- they started to turn the ship because they obviously wouldn't need to circle back to try and so they didn't just sail off into the distance in case she'd gone overboard. As they turned, started to turn the ship, maybe I think six or seven hours later, she decided to reveal herself and wasn't lost. She got a good hiding, so to say. <laughs> she got quite quite told off for that. She was in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Delayed us getting into port by a week, uh, which meant there was loads of fines issued. And it's just a nightmare. nightmare. She got into so much trouble because she thought it was cruel. She's still a vegetarian to this day. Um, but she's not allowed in any boat. No, she doesn't. And she, she doesn't hide in the ropes anymore. She actually hid, believe it or not, in the ropes that were coiled for the anchor which is so she so at any point that could have been a disaster so Jesus. That's my, but she was only little she's only she's only two two years older than me so no she isn't she's Good five Lord. years older than me sorry beg your pardon she's five years older than me so not, it's not an age to be i was three she was about eight so she did my mum and dad were in properly in panic obviously mm. but um, we laugh about it now she's okay like <laughs> yeah okay. maritime disasters being one they are you know she got any yeah. cause one but okay <laughs> okay this is christmas we'll let you off yeah. merry christmas everyone <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, did you have anything else for this uh, Christmas um, special? Yes. The, the, the only thing I was going to ask you about is, because um, we've done best Christmas present. I think we've done worst Christmas present. I think have we done worst? The worst one you ever got? Oh, I don't think no, we have. So I don't think we have. Is there a, because I know it's not nice to suck, because all presents are well received and everyone says, you know, it's, it's nice to get presents and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But sometimes you get one, you think, why? <laughs> why go to the effort of buying me that when you, don't, you didn't need to? didn't need to so have you got any of those it was a uh, a jumper 
The one that sticks in my mind is a jumper from my auntie that I was then made to wear for school. And it was a it was a it was a three panel jumper. Oh God. So it was grey, and then down the front was three panels. So in the the top panel was um yellow, yellow a yellow pink and di- yellow pink and grey background sort of thing. Um sort of uh diamonds, diamond sort of pattern you see on a lot of jumpers. So it was oh, that. Oh. The middle panel was brown cord. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, no, no. And the, and the bottom no. panel, if I remember rightly, was uh, red and white checks. Why did she buy that? <laughs> Why did anyone think those three things That's would go together? I don't know. I don't know. But so, yeah, so I had sort of diamonds at the middle, brown cord in the – so bright diamonds at the top, brown cord in the middle, and oh red gosh. and white checks at the bottom. And so I was made to wear that in the middle. So crappy – James Bond movie, isn't it? <laughs> Diamonds, Diamonds at the top. in the middle. <laughs> Diamonds at the top. Cord in the middle. Cords in the middle. Brown cord. Who thought about putting brown cord in the middle of a jumper? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to figure out why anyone would think that was don't even know. remotely a good thing to buy anybody. I feel. I actually feel sorry for you because that is, and you have to wear it at school. You know what's going to happen when you that got there. That was secondary school as well, so I was 13. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Pain. So yeah. did, the, did the jumper go down well at school, or was it you know merc- mercilessly uh, it did ridiculed? Down the toilet, if I remember rightly. But um, oh, wow, okay. you tried no. to trash. Did you trash it? You, no, sometimes I, you, I couldn't. You're angry with your clothes. You trash it. Wouldn't you, so. <laughs> you do, but I couldn't. I was like, I don't, I don't, I can't even. You know, you're like looking at the jumper. I don't even understand it. I don't, and it's not often you don't understand the jumper. That's not. It's a rare occurrence. But I just didn't understand this right. jumper. So that's probably the worst thing. And, and bless my auntie, she was lovely sort of thing. She probably had best will. And she said, look, that's oh, that's quite nice. Yeah. Who won? Either that or no. it was just she'd found it on some market somewhere. I don't know. Awful. Mm. What about you? I always used to get a series of strange things. So uh, one year I got, um, and this is all from the same family member. That sounds like the crap lemony um, snicket book. It's, it's, I got a, a, a board game called Polyconomy, <laughs> which is like, which is like, it's like a political. Well, I was about nine, about nine years old. Polyconomy. I don't remember ever playing it. I remember looking at China, just being confused by the rules of that. I think, it, I think they probably thought it was like Monopoly, but it wasn't. It was like the funless game that you sounds, it sounds like. Um, I got a, um, do you remember in Imperial Soap, like the bars of soap? Yeah. I got a Soap on a Rope Imperial Soap one year from the same same people. But it was clearly, they clearly re-gifted that because that looked like it was like, it was the soap looked like it had been, Sat in a cupboard for a while. So I thought you were going to say used. Not used but, no, not used, but just dinted and back a cupboard. You know, back a cupboard.com. It was a bit like, ooh, nobody, soap on a rope. Why was that even a thing? <laughs> Don't know. Why, so, you know why, why would anyone need some kind of rope tag unless you're going to stick that soap somewhere where you need to yank it out? And I ain't doing that. <laughs> Well, it's just so that it's, it. it's easy to it's on your it's on your wrist, hang. I guess, isn't it? Yeah, no, you don't hang it. It's not for your wrist. It's so you can hang it on a hook. Oh, I thought you're supposed to hang you, it on yourself <laughs> when you actually get in the shower, so it's easy to get to. No, oh, that's right. not the purpose of the rope part. It's oh, not right. like a Wiimote. It's not like dog tags. <laughs> no. Put it around your neck so you smell fresh. That's a necklace. That's a powerful soap-based necklace, isn't it? Because I, just when you get in the shower, statement. you'd have a really clean arc. <laughs> would, and I didn't, I didn't where the bar was whacking you. Oh, oh, it really hurts. Have a shower. I don't, it hurts. <laughs> it's so painful, so painful. You have a really sweet smelling neck, but nothing else. And it was, and I remember it was the Imperial, like medical soap as well. So it was like, this soap was rock hard and it never lathered. It never lathered. It was like, what is this? It's like, just no wonder they gave it, re-gifted sure, it. Sure, just a brick, unlatherable soap. Um, later, believe it or not, I actually got a uh, a sponge wrapped up for Christmas. And that was like a proper, like a, a sponge you'd clean a car with, a car sponge. That was one. <laughs> and I, I, won't, I won't reveal the person who got me that, but I got a sponge. And in the, from the same person, the same year, I got some grips for the bottom, that go on the bottom of your shoes, like elasticated <laughs> grips so that you didn't slip over in the snow. <laughs> I'm guessing when you were cleaning the, your car. This person is, pra- this person is practically minded. He'll be like, I love them. He's always out cleaning his car in the snow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I did, I, did get once get, I did once get a dash cam, but unfortunately the person that bought me it had been duped and the dash cam was actually just a clear lens on a plastic box with nothing in it. There was no, no electronics. Oh, no. It was, just, it, was a, it was a fakey cakey one that they'd bought from eBay. And they gave me that going, oh, look, you've got a dash cam. And I was like, yeah, there's no components in it. <laughs> this is hollow. <laughs> it was nothing. It was literally a little glass lens with a plastic ring around it on a little plastic box. And when I opened up the plastic box, there was nothing in it. I was like, I better put the batteries in. It's really hard to get into. Pop. 
Oh, there's nothing in it. It's completely <laughs> empty of electronics. So stuck, well. Stuck the batteries in. Still yeah. not working. Hope that didn't cost you a fortune. Okay. Oh, oh dear. That's bad. But yeah, so those are p- pretty bad Christmas presents, all in all. And I, don't, I was never, I never got any clothes, I don't think, that was really, really, because generally speaking, most of the clothes I got were just kind of bland colours, plain colours. So there was nothing horribly patterned and, fa- you know, with multi fabrics no, like there's that. No, there's no triptych jumper. No. But, you know, later on the line, we used to just wait for Gary to come around and reveal his Christmas fashion show because <laughs> he used to get some right weird shit. So he did. He'd come around in his, in his Adidas hoodie and his God knows what else. And you'd be like, wow, that's, that's cool, that. <laughs> I but like he always, it. He always, but he always had to have some kind of hoodie with a pouch. For his Walkman, he had like a Walkman slot, and that he had that for years. That he did. Adidas top of the Walkman pouch, yeah, he did. He did. He did. There we go. Yeah. That's it. I don't think we've got anything more. Yeah, that's, I think that's our Christmas reminisces. Little Christmas cracker for you to pull, just you know, on Christmas Day. Indeed. Have we got any crackers to pull? Uh, you could pull one right now if you wish to pull a cracker. Okay, let's pull a there cracker. You go. All right, I'm pulling it now. I've got my end. Have you got your end? I'm pulling. It's not, it's not that. It's not that heavy. <laughs> okay. There uh, we go. See, unfortunately, you've won, and your prize for this cracker is a little red fish that you put in your palm that tells your fortune. Oh, ace. Useful. I, I love those things. Yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, the joke is, what's red and white and black all over? <sighs> Newspaper. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, Get it right. It's, it's not funny, unfortunately. No, they never Do you ever have, have crackers that had mottos in, by the way? On one year, we had those. And it was like, what? who wants to read out a motto at Christmas? It's like, you know, many hands make light work. Like, oh, <laughs> the belly laughs are rippling around the table that, that year, I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I think we've had some strange crackers in our time, but um don't think we've ever had mottos. Best cracker present? I think I got a, a set of screwdrivers in one, not a full-size one, they were like miniature ones, oh, but they good. were very cool. That's I remember both. thinking they were cool. Oh, they weren't though. Tried to do the Christmas lights with them one time because they were the right size and it just chewed the end of the screwdriver off and I was like, oh, weak metal crazy. <laughs> it's not even metal. <laughs> Rub- Rubbish cracker these. screwdrivers. Oh, they're for eating. Yeah. <laughs> these are chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate screwdrivers, what? And then the following year, I've got real scribe, just tried to eat him, broke my teeth. That was very nice. Oh, yeah. <sighs> never mind. <laughs> you live and learn. But yeah, I got screw. Did you get crackers with anything posh in like that? Screwdrivers and a pack of cards, I got one, yeah, I think. Uh, no, no. I think the most interesting thing I've ever had out of one of them is one of those uh, spinny top things. And I can just. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I just got yeah. one of them. So, and a comb that was too small. <laughs> it was you know, someone's comb who's this <laughs> it's already been used the teeth are bent I mean years ago of course we used to buy me Gary AD and our other friend Rick but we used to all buy each other kind of we, we didn't ever want to buy expensive presents for each other at Christmas because it sort of defeats the purpose of your mates at Christmas so we used to buy each other crazy cr- crazy presents mm-hmm. like fun presents silly ones and we probably still you know not same way, but you know, that's still something we sort of adhere to to this day. But I seem to remember one year, I, I think you got a hairdryer set, like a plastic hairdryer, and a I think like I a did, little yeah. tiny, like a kid's hairdryer. I got uh, Chu Chin Chow, which was a uh, that's I can't remember you got me that, or I can't remember who got that was that had hair beat oysters on it. And that did I think can't what Gary got one year. I got the album one year, How to Handle a Woman by Kenneth, Kenneth Thingy, which is the year I just broken right. up with my first girlfriend. I was quite cut up about it. Someone bought me that. It's like, yeah. you, okay. I think you, I think you got me songs for a truck driving man. I think I did. Which I've yeah. still got somewhere. And then you got Gary, I think the Eric Estrada handbook. Oh no, someone bought me that. Someone got that's me okay. that. Yeah. I had that. That's that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The Eric Estrada <laughs> scrapbook. That was great. That's where I found out that if it's raining outside, he just jogs around his house to keep fit that's right that's right and I got I got from Rick I think to remember getting that do you remember that um, cat, I can't show you what it was it was something about William Shatner but it had a picture of him eating a giant salad baguette on the front <laughs> yeah. that. still got that picture somewhere no? yeah that's weird that is a good picture yeah. that is that's the kind of stuff we used to maybe you'll get presents like that at Christmas people who listen to this maybe, maybe you will maybe that's maybe the you kind of thing you'll do start doing that sort of thing because um, Graham doesn't know what he's got is it under his Christmas tree this year from me yet so no, uh... no. and AD doesn't know what I've got him that and is two true things. what could they be what, what could, could they, they be, be? Know. We'll reveal them in the new year, yeah. what we got. By the way, the, the large flat one, just so you can be completely secure, the large flat one isn't a picture of anything weird. Because <laughs> you're looking at it going, that looks like a picture, and knowing him, it could be anything. Just <laughs> William Shatner with his baguette, <laughs> knowing you. We'll, we'll call it a baguette. Or, or Calibos, <laughs> or Lord Humongous. Could be any any of those. Any of the above, none of the above. Well, you will never, you'll know on the day, you'll know, on, you'll, you'll find out today. You'll find out today. We'll find out today, or in three days' time, if you listen to it on Patreon. 
<laughs> yes, you will. Whichever. You absolutely will. Uh, there you go. We hope you've enjoyed this. Been a bit of a fun, bit of a laugh. We'll be back in the new year. Yeah, we won't be we back. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, there'll be nothing next week. It's New Year's and we can't celebrate New Year's. What's, we can't tell stories of our New Year's. That would just be a, that would be, we'd have to do that after 10 o'clock when it gets a little blue or something. But, um, but yeah, so. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. We hope you've enjoyed this. Have you enjoyed this Christmas trip? Down I have enjoyed line? this Christmas. I will. Right now, I'm telling you what time this is on Christmas Day. I'm probably going to be either looking forward to a very tasty Christmas dinner or recovering from eating one, <laughs> one of the two states. Yeah. So I'm either going to be empty <laughs> or full, one of those states. Yeah. Sh- Schrodinger's Christmas. <laughs> as I am at the moment, yeah. You never know which one you will be. So on that note, um, as ever, I have been Adrian Mills. And I have been Graham Christmas Cracker Raddings. Yes, and you've been listening to the Zap to the Past Christmas Cracker, and we will see you again in a couple of weeks' time in the year 2024. Have a good Ooh. Christmas and New Year. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Zap to the Past podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, films and TV from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine published at that time. We will return with a whole new batch of games and stuff to talk about next week. Until then, if you want to listen to or download previous episodes of Zap to the Past, and why wouldn't you, they can all be found on our website at zaptothepast.com, as well as being available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, Audible, Player FM, and well pretty much anywhere where we can upload them by the way we do always love to hear from our amazing listeners so if you'd like to contact us about anything in the podcast or beyond you can do so by emailing us at zapptothepast at gmail.com we're also active on twitter under at zaptother as well as facebook instagram and most social media platforms just search for zap to the past and you'll find us oh and if you like the podcast and what we're doing please do like share review rate us it really helps something Apparently, the Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Graham Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2.0 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe, see you next time, and remember, we play these games so you don't have to.